1: Danny and Dusty. My Uncle Gus is the uncle that likes to work the grill. As soon as he walk in the house, he's like, get away from that grill. You don't how to stop no fire. With the latest on the Blazers, Ducks, Beavers, and the hottest topics in sports. We're going to eat a hamburger, okay? Here we go. Chad. throw the match. Now that's a fire. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080. I'm not cooking a Brontosaurus burger. The Fan.
0: Hour number two, Danny and Dusty with you on this Wednesday afternoon. Hope everybody's having a great Wednesday. Uh, Ryan Horvat, the host of BetMGM Tonight, our BetQL Network insider, joins us in about 25 minutes from now. We'll get the Vegas insight on all things betting. We're on a heater. We're on a heater. Let's make some money with Horvat at 1.30 today. Um, we had Dave Bartu on for the last half hour of hour number one. If you missed that, sir, uh, go check out the Service Patriots podcast, 1080thefan.com, or right there in the Odyssey app. Service Patriots, your home comfort solution for all your heating and air conditioning needs. Check out the latest special offers for our listeners at servicepatriots.com. Uh, Bartu with great stuff on playoff committing, uh, where... Also, where Texas A&M, UCLA potentially should be uh, kicking around. As UCLA, all the reports out of Los Angeles seem that uh, the Bruins going to be moving on from Chip Kelly. I just don't get it. Uh, Under they they need a recruiter, and Chip yes. has done a very good job in the portal, and he did a really good job of landing Dante Moore. But like in, in starting a freshman this year. I mean that was going to be an uphill climb no matter what. He kind of anytime you start a freshman, it's going to take time for him to grow. But right. they want more high school recruiting because you should be recruiting better at UCLA. Um, you shouldn't just have to be feasting on the portal like like they have. They did a really good job in the portal and they're a really good program. But uh, expectations should be elevated more, uh, especially as they enter the Big Ten. Um, so I'm not surprised really by it, um, but I, it'll be interesting to see where Chip Kelly lands next. Um, that I'm gonna uh, keep my eye on that one.
4: I think he sticks around in college. Oh,
0: yeah. yeah. I, I mean, he's not gonna be an NFL guy anymore. I think that ship sailed uh, a, a while ago. But, uh, where we want to start, hour number two, uh, big ruling yesterday in Whitman County Court. Uh, Judge Gary Libby, Libby, I think it's Libby. Isn't
4: that what it is? 1B, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm going with Libby. Gary Libby, yeah. He, uh, Maybe it's French Bay. Oh wee. Oh, oui, oui. Oui. sacre bleu Oh.
0: Um he granted the Oregon State and Washington State's request for a preliminary injunction, uh, which means that both the Beeves and Washington State will have controlling um decision making for the Pac-12 conference moving forward, uh, due to the bylaws. And the bylaws that have been written and the bylaws in which The other 10 Pac-12 schools acted upon when UCLA and USC said that they were going to leave the conference before. Yes. Here is what uh, Judge Leiby's ruling sounded like yesterday in Whitman County Court.
3: This court uh, finds in favor that the plaintiffs have are likely to prevail on their interpretation of the bylaws. The party's prior course of conduct uniformly supports the plaintiffs, and the plaintiffs will suffer irreparable harm without the preliminary injunction. Now, with the preliminary injunction in effect, that will be in effect, I'm going to order that the WSU and Oregon State will be the only two governing members of the board, but if they hold, but for any future meetings or conferences between OSU and WSU, they will notify the other uh, 10 schools. They will put forth an agenda. The other 10 schools may participate in the sense of making comments, suggestions or objections, but the ultimate voting will be by the remaining two board members. But this is not a shutout in the sense of uh, the uh, primary injunction will be Modified or whatever you want to call it, to make sure that the other 10 schools are still treated in a fair, open manner, and nobody's going to take advantage of somebody else. Um, and if that starts to happen, I'll either hear about it here, or somebody else will hear about it down the street, up the highway. But I just do not believe that the two plaintiffs left here uh, the two members of the board that are left will do anything directly to harm uh, the other 10 members. I just, uh, I've read too much here. I've uh, uh, I've read all of what you've got to say. And with that, uh, that's how I see it. And that's how I guess, uh, that's where you came to find out uh, the court would rule. And so that's what we're ruling.
0: All right, um, that's anyone. Anyone. He does sound like Ben Stein a little bit, huh? <laughs>
4: that's the first thing I thought of. Yeah,
0: yeah. Bueller, <laughs> Bueller. Anyone? Uh, I heard he's pretty thick. <laughs> I don't. I didn't get French vibes from him. I'm going Libby. I'm going Libby. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Judge Libby there lays it all out, and I, I think that as fans of college football, as fans of college athletics, ultimately our dumb sports brains go to screw the other guy <laughs> <You know>? like <laughs> yeah. us against them. Yes. Like, well, they're just going to hose them. I love that. Libby is like, look, the way that this is going to play out is and and I love the way that what he said earlier, um, what he said at the very beginning, um, uh, about like, Hey, this is not a shutout. This is, it's going to be modified. It's not just gonna be Oregon State and Washington State ruling with an iron fist and being able to say you don't get anything. Adios, right. see you later. Yeah. Okay. But I I appreciate the fact that he's like, look, there are 10 other members of this conference through 23, 24 a year. And I am I am fully on board with Oregon State and Washington State should be the only two that have a say. Yes. You can't sit there and and pull that on SC and UCLA and say, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa we're, you can't be – you're leaving, yeah. and you made your intentions known, and then come back and say, well, because we're leaving <laughs> – we want to have a seat at the table. Right. That's not how it's going to work. Exactly. It's not how it should work. But it also should not be Oregon State and Washington State saying, "You guys are not entitled to the money that you are participating in the conference this year and we had an agreement that we would share this year. After this year, you as uh, the the Oregon State and Washington State you do whatever you want. Do whatever you want with the conference and what's in the best interest of the conference. But as long as the 10 other members are still participating with the Pac-12 conference, Oregon State and Washington State shouldn't be the ones to sit there and take all of that money away and say you're not entitled to the money that you are playing for this year,
4: right because well, I think one of the sticking points for me was and correct me if I'm wrong on this that the outgoing 10 basically told them we don't want you guys to use this money to help uh, uh, um, for what what you need to do in the future to help se- secure your success in the future. Whereas well, basically they want to hang on to it to help their transition to where they're going in the future.
0: Well, in that's right. In the money moving forward, like if you're talking about the like any of the the payouts for bowl games in 2024, 25, mm. I understand that. If you're talking about the even the money that the conference gets and the way that wins in the NCAA tournament go, you get the, a chunk of money and it pays out over several years in the future. Mm-hmm. Oregon State and Washington State, Washington State should get that money. That's going to be paid out in the future yes. because the ten other schools aren't going to be participating right. in the conference. Yes, I wholeheartedly believe that. But as long as they are in the conference this year and they are playing under the Pac-12, I mean, and this is what the judge is saying is like, dude, don't. We're not going to be in the business of ripping people off. Yeah. But if you want to talk about the other ten having voting power. Like they shouldn't have voting power. Right, they should be able to make decisions moving forward. That's in Washington State and Oregon State's solely best interest because that's what the other ten schools did when they left. Yeah, is that they made a dec- made a decision in the best interest of themselves, and it 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 left Washington State and Oregon State hanging. But I also think that. Oregon State and Washington State did not do enough to secure their futures and everybody else did. Yeah. They, you can't sit there and act like you're blindsided by anything that happened when it was it was like the slowest car lurching off the cliff of all time yeah. and everybody else is like, deuces, and yeah. they're like, nah, we're going to try to save this. No, you can't do that. Everybody else saw it coming yeah. and got out of the car and they're staying in it. That I do, I do have an issue with. But this is nuanced, and no, no, none of these fan bases want to deal with nuance right. because we have that tribalism, right? Exactly. It's the us versus them. I'm glad that the judge ruled the way that he did because if, when it comes to voting power. Oregon State and Washington State, hell yeah, they should be the only two schools that are voting on anything Pac-12 related because those are the only schools that are going to be in it beyond well, this year.
4: And they're still giving the other schools, you know, the, the ability to uh, uh, to comment and have input and yep. make suggestions.
0: And I want you, I want like we all know this: the presidents, chancellors, and athletic directors—they are far more level-headed than all of us. Yeah. You know, they're not going to be out there just to, to, you know, just to screw somebody else over. And that, to to be quite honest, none of this in, in any of this conference realignment was based out of just solely to screw other people over. Right.
4: It was all for it, self-preservation.
0: It was self-preservation. Yeah. And, and that that is different than intentionally doing something to pull one over on somebody else. Yeah. If Oregon State and Washington State were to just have a two-man vote and say, you know what? we're going to, we're going to hose all the other 10 schools. That would be even different than that's different than the self preservation because right. you do still have a way to save it. You like you save yourselves and move forward. Is it as steady a footing as everybody else? No, it's not. Um, but the judge is, is level headed in what he's doing. And I, I think that the universities will be as well, even if it comes down to Oregon state and Washington state saying, Hey, you know, we may even vote to take a little bit more of this than anybody else. You probably should be okay with it. Yeah. You probably should be okay with it. But yeah. it's not like they're going to hoard every single cent to themselves. And the judge is making it clear all the other universities need to have a say in it. 503 864 6326. That's a Vancouver Ford text line. Uh, I'd love to hear your feedback on this. It's a big win for Oregon State and Washington State. And uh, I think that, you know, it should be uh, felt as, as such. College Football Playoff Committee, though. They're trying to do a little something different. Dandy Dusty on the fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk
2: expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so
0: that you can overthink
1: you are a fighter, and Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois.
0: Danny and Dusty on the fan. 503-864-6326. That's a Vancouver Ford Tech sign. You're all that goes further at Vancouver Ford. They treat you right before, during, and after the sale. Visit them online at VancouverFord.com. All right. Um some texts that are that are coming in on the Vancouver Ford Tech sign. Uh we are talking Oregon State, Washington State. They get a win yesterday in the courts, uh judge granting an injunction, but saying, hey play nice with your your 10 siblings that are leaving your family and telling you that they don't love you anymore. (laughs) You have to play nice with them. Um, It says, yes, Oregon State remained behind the wheel after everyone else got out of the car, but nobody else let them get out of the car. The other conferences literally um, were everyone but Oregon State and Washington State. And that is, like, in that line of thinking, like, well, everybody got out of the car, but nobody else wanted to to pick up Oregon State and Washington State. That's on those two universities. Like, wh- how are we still having that conversation right now? Like, that's on that's on your leadership of your university. I think A- everybody else looked out for their best interests and jockeyed for position. Hell, look at what Cal and Stanford did. Look at what SMU did. I mean, it's all outlined. Like, there yeah. were teams the far lower profile than Oregon State and Washington State. They found a way. Oregon State is a top, it should be a top 10 program in the college football rankings. Everyone else it is. It's a top 10 football program this year. It's an elite baseball institution. Like you you have got women's basketball has gone to final fours in the last five years. The, the men were playing in the elite eight just a handful of years ago in basketball. There are so many attractive ways to shop your university and everybody else found a way to do it. Right, And Cal did it based on what prestige of Cal's academics, yeah, to the ACC. They haven't been good in anything. Nope. I mean, it, these other universities, they found a way to find to make themselves attractive. And because you're in Corvallis and you're in Pullman, it was like, well, nobody wanted us.
4: See, I think that's what it is is I think that there's just not to piss off Coogan B fans, but I think <clears> there's just always kind of been of a little brother you know, inferiority complex in that, you know, they're always trying to have to try to fight and scrap for their own and everybody's just leaving us behind. And so I think that has kind of bled over into this and that it's still, Yeah. while they have their own faults in this, you know, it's everybody else's fault. Everybody's still picking on us.
0: And look, I mean, here's the, the other cold reality is if, if you did check all those back boxes, if the leadership of the university at at the highest and your board of trustees and your athletic director if they did do everything they possibly could to find a new conference when literally everybody else was able to that's that's it's a it that's, college that's, athletics is not college athletics anymore and we all know this it's a multi-billion dollar industry and just as montana and idaho got left behind from everybody else cuz they were once part of this Part of this party with the Beeves, the Cougs, the Ducks, the Huskies, just as they got left behind. Now that is happening, and that sucks. Yeah, like that—that's a horrible feeling, and it's like not what anybody wants to hear. But I felt—I do feel like there is both of those schools are attractive enough to where if the push in the organization was really as good as some of the other institutions was, yeah. That they they could have found that home. It may not have. It may not have been in the Big Ten. It may have been the Big Twelve. Uh, See, it may that's why I always ACC. figured it was going to
4: happen was the Big Twelve. But yeah. it just seems like they never pushed hard enough for it.
0: Yep. So this is. Uh, I know it sucks and it stings, and it, I mean there is. And a lot of people say, you know, this text says, you know, Cal only got where they're at because Stanford drug them along and wouldn't go into another conference. Obviously, something UW and Oregon did. Uh, didn't consider. No, they did consider it because they took each other. Yeah. They took each other to the Big Ten. Like, instead of taking the state school, the University of Oregon and the University of Washington walked to the Big Ten t- together. Yeah. Um and it, that, look, make no mistake, that is because of the attractiveness of, of those two schools. And, look, like, this is all horrible. Like, it all sucks. But it's the stone-cold reality, which is why I, I started the the hour off with saying, I like the way the judge handled it. Because mm-hmm. the Cougs and the Beavs should be the only ones that, that should have the voting power right now. And the other 10 schools, they should have a voice and say, hey, this is how we feel. This is what we think. But the voting power should be with those two schools because they're the only two that are remaining. And everybody did it in self preservation, and now they're, they're going to be in some self-preservation. self preservation. some self preservation, but uh, I think that you know all all twelve of the schools, they they're going to be distributing that money, whether it's equal, which is what it probably should be. I wouldn't have a problem if Oregon State and Washington State said, "All right, you guys get chunk." It ain't going to be the full thing, right? And I'd be I like I, I don't see if you're a fan of any of the other schools, you're like, ah, oh, yeah, I don't I get that. I mean. It's not Oregon State and Washington State's fault that, you know, UW had an $8 million budgetary shortfall this year right. or that University of Arizona's, you know, uh, accountant was $240 million off. That you seems know? like a
4: lot of zeros to match. That
0: seems like they're – that's a lot of zeros off, <laughs> you know, or that Cal built – redid their stadium before they had the funds to do it. It's not their fault. It's not Coog's and Beef's fault. But it's the world we're living in right now. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah, it
4: just feels like Oregon and Washington teaming up together. They wanted to go to the cool kids party and had to leave the little brothers behind.
0: Yeah. Uh, This text says, uh, you don't think Oregon and Nike couldn't have gotten the Big Ten to take OSU if they really wanted? Uh, I mean, if they're capped out, no. And look, Oregon was looking, again, self-preservation. It's not like they had a big enough swing and you-know-what. To say Big Ten, it's either you take us and Oregon State or you take nothing. Yeah. No, they said the, the Big Ten was like, "Hey, we'll take you and you Dub." Yep. You know, I mean, I don't think it was like a calculated move to leave Oregon State and Washington State
4: hanging. Either. Yeah. No, I don't think. Yeah, they weren't saying, "All right, how are we gonna how are we gonna pull this off without these guys?"
0: Yeah. yeah. It's all it's all it's all crummy, and I hate it. I, yeah, I don't like it. It all sucks. It, it all sucks. The Pac-12, I wish was just staying the way it is right now because mm-hmm. it we're finding out. Even in basketball too. Pretty damn special. Yeah. Pretty damn special conference. And it's gonna go out with a bang. All right. Uh let's let's make some money, shall we? Yeah. Maybe if we all pool our uh our winnings in, in gambling, we we could save Oregon State and we could save the Pac twelve. Not with the weekend I had last week. Yeah, me neither. Uh actually I was okay last weekend. All right, uh, let's talk to our Bet MGM tonight, uh, insider Ryan Horvath. He joins us next. First, Big
5: Kahuna of Sports Center. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. When I wake up in the morning love
3: and
2: the sunlight hurts my
1: eyes. This is Danny and Dusty
5: on the Odyssey app and Portland's Sports Leader 1080. The Fan. Let's get none.
0: Joining us now is the host of BetMGM Tonight. He is our Odyssey sports betting insider, Ryan Horvat. Insider Calls presented by BetMGM. Go check out all the latest lines today on the BetMGM app. Also, be sure to listen to BetMGM Tonight's podcast for more of Ryan's analysis. Just search BetMGM wherever you find your podcast. Horvat, how you doing, my man?
2: Doing good. Getting excited for uh, some some games this weekend, Uh, you know getting really
0: excited actually. It is a this is the it's my favorite time of the year because we not just have games, we have games that that start to matter a little bit more. Yeah. And you get to especially in the NFL we're trying to feel, we it's like that feeling out process of who's who, what's what and then you as you get through the middle part of the season, it is you just got these teams still slugging their way through. Now We're at the point of the year where it's almost you have your haves and your have-nots, the teams that are starting to – they know they're trying to push for the playoffs, and the ones that aren't. What teams are sticking out to you as the ones that maybe – they may be folding, folding their cards and pushing them towards the center of the table and you might want to go against starting this week?
2: Yeah, like as far as like teams that I want to fade, it's not that I want to fade them like season long, but I really like this spot actually coming up on Thursday night. Uh, for the Ravens to bounce back against the Bengals. You know, the Bengals, they were starting to look really good, guys. And then um, they got T. Higgins going two weeks ago, and now T. Higgins is out once again. You know, defensively, they lost a bunch in their secondary last year, or this offseason, I should say, including, like, Jesse Bates. He's having a pretty nice season for Atlanta. But Lou Anarumo, the defensive coordinator, is so damn good at this job that you really haven't noticed, and they continue to find ways to win games. But I don't like this spot against Baltimore. Baltimore should have won that game last week. In fact, they win that game like 99% of the time. They had a two-score lead against Cleveland. And mm-hmm. Baltimore right now, they could run the ball with multiple backs. Lamar's playing really good football when he's not turning the ball over. And they have a top-five defense, maybe the best defense in the league right there with Cleveland. So I like them to bounce back. As far as like teams on fading the rest of the season in the market – Pretty low on Buffalo, which it's funny because I was low on Buffalo coming into the season. I was never the biggest Ken Dorsey fan because they weren't really good on early downs. Mm -hmm. It was just a lot of Josh Allen being Superman on third down. And I don't know if I'm a big Sean McDermott guy, and they have a bunch of injuries on defense. Like, they lose Matt Milano for the season. You lose Trey White, your best cover corner. And I like the trade they made for Rasul Douglas. But he's not a shutdown corner, and they're struggling right now. I mean, they're Mm -hmm. getting pressure but they're not really getting after the quarterback. And that's what we saw last year, like when they got to the playoffs and they lost Von Miller, who did come back but kind of looks like a shell of himself. And that playoff loss last season, Joe Burrow just sat in the pocket and picked them apart. So I'm a little bit worried about the Bills moving forward. And then as far as like a buy-low team, uh, a team that I ripped all season long until the last few weeks, Russell Wilson's playing good football. Maybe the Broncos guys are finding something. We pulled this up last night, plus 550 to make the playoffs. I don't know if that's going to be the case, but – You know, the Jets with Zach Wilson, I don't trust them moving forward. You know, the Bills, I don't really trust. We'll see what ends up happening with the Browns here without Deshaun Watson. They're going to start DTR this weekend. So maybe now is the time to buy in on the Broncos. And Sean Payton, maybe he is turning that thing around. They didn't trade any of those guys. So maybe now they're buying in the rest of the way. I mean, 9-10 wins might get you into the playoffs, so that might be a good team to look at.
0: You know, there was, last week, there were so many lines that were just razor thin, and it was just like, oh my gosh, I hate weeks like that, because Vegas knows. I mean, they, they was a, it was a toss-up week, and we saw, historically, we saw six games come down to the final kick last week. You look at the lines this week, and we're, we're finally seeing, again, some of those big lines again. We got double digit lines. Do you like weeks more like this one where we have multiple double digit lines or the weeks where you have the one to three point lines where it's a kick deciding the games?
2: Yeah, I like games like that. You know, like I'm, I'm usually looking for like the key numbers. So if I could get a three and a half or a four with teams as, as underdogs or seven and a half, that's usually what I'm looking for. But like the double digit spreads are where it gets a little bit tricky. It's easier in college football. Mm-hmm. You know, like sometimes you'll get a really trendy underdog. Like, people will be down on Georgia, and I'll be like, nope, they're going to get up for this game. This is what Kirby does. And then I don't mind laying 13 and a half, 14 points with a college team. But in the NFL, I mean, there's so much parity, and these guys are all pros. And like you said, um, I mean, it's called the witching hour for a reason. You watch these games on the Red Zone channel, you feel really good about a bet in the first quarter or the first half, and then it falls apart in the second half. It used to be like that only – like, I would always joke in the NBA – you almost want to be down 15 points at the half um, because all those games are tight and down to the wire. But, like, that's kind of how it is in in football right now. So, you know, the double-digit spread, they get a little bit tricky. That said, I like like the Dolphins. I actually laid the points. I usually don't. I like the Dolphins in this spot, man. I mean, they're going to be well-rested. They're going to be healthier coming into this game. And now, like, people are starting to buy into the Raiders, which I love. And I'm not saying, like, the Raiders aren't an improved product. They definitely are from when Josh, Mac- Josh McDaniels was there. But I don't see them getting any stops in this game. So here's a rare occasion where I actually will back a double-digit favorite. Usually I would only bet the dog once we get, like, 13-and-a-half, 14-and-a-half. But I actually like them. And then one more double-digit dog. I think it actually came down to nine. I like the Bears. It looks like Justin Fields is going to be back in this game. I don't think they beat the Lions outright, but 10 points is a lot of points. The Bears, like very quietly, have kind of figured things out on defense. Their secondary is like middle of the road, 16th the last four weeks. And then they have a top-five run defense all of a sudden the Bears do. And with Fields back, he's going to be playing for his job. I think they keep this game close. The divisional rivalry, a divisional matchup. I don't know if you want to call it a rivalry. The Bears haven't been good since 85, but uh, I think they keep this one close. <laughs> well,
0: and look, the Lions got a short week, and they, they're eyeing that short week because yeah. they got that Thanksgiving game. If they get even get up a couple of scores, you know, you're eyeing that and taking your foot off the gas to stay healthy for what's, what's down the road. Uh, we see that all the time with teams. Uh, all right. I've got the stinky line of the week and just going, I I don't get it. The the Rams have lost three in a row. Uh, I know it has been without Matthew Stafford, but they have the Seahawks coming to town and they dismantled them in week one. But uh, Seattle, only one point favorites in L.A. this week. How do you feel about that one?
2: Yeah. I like these stinky lines, man. I feel like they're market indicators. You're not going to win anything hundred percent of the time, yeah. but I think it's kind of telling you everything that you need to know. Like every radio hit I've done this week, people ask me about Oregon college, uh, the yeah. Oregon state Washington game, same case. You have a two loss Oregon state team hosting tough place to play. Washington who's undefeated on the season. And now they're two and a half point favorites. I think that's a market indicator. I think that's a tough matchup. And I think the Beavers are going to win outright by at least a field goal in this case. I think the Rams, well-rested, with Stafford hopefully back, find a way to win this game. I think they might be able to get some pressure uh, in this game. And I think they're going to be able to move the football a little bit. Like, they really haven't got Cooper Cup going. The problem with the Rams, they're weird because nobody expected the Rams to be any good, and I kind of thought they might be a sneaky team because why would Sean McVay pass up all that money to go to the broadcast booth, especially when he just got married, he's having a kid. Like, I don't know if it's going to be a stressful situation where you're winning four games. Why wouldn't he just have rode off into the sunset? He just got a Super Bowl. He could come back whenever he wants, mm-hmm. you know. And he came back, and then the first couple weeks of the season, I was like, oh, maybe they still have something. Like, they don't have a whole lot of depth, but they have names. They have Aaron Donald on the defensive side of the ball. And then offensively, Matthew Stafford, the first couple weeks, was playing really good football, and then he got hurt. The scary thing is, so I do like the Rams in the game, but the concerning thing is, uh, you know, like Matthew Stafford, if you listen to his quotes every week, He's always like, yep, couldn't get out of bed this morning, really struggling just to stand up. Like that's concerning when you're betting actual US dollars on that team, that quarterback. But I do like the Rams to be a little bit healthier and to win this game outright coming up on Sunday.
0: All right, uh I, I wanna pick your brain a little bit more on that, uh on the college football lines in, in Oregon oh, yeah. State in Washington. I mean, that game, you-, you say market indicator, the styles do make fights. How much do you go into though like winning on the road is exponentially harder in college football. And one thing that we've seen out of this Washington team is that they've played the tight ones, more of the, the games that are tighter than they should be have been those ones on the road.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, um, that's why I wanted to sneak that one in because yeah. it's my favorite bet this weekend actually is, uh, I mean, I got two ugly ones. I like Oregon state and then I like Michigan state, but that's for other reasons. But like it's, uh, and that's the thing, it's a tough place to play. And in college football, I mean, especially if it's like a primetime matchup. You know, sometimes these early slates, like these SEC games, it's tough for the crowd really to get up for a noon Mm -hmm. kickoff or an early kickoff, but, man, you get these primetime spots. And Oregon State, obviously, a really tough place to play. Utah, a very tough place to play. All these places in the Pac-12, or what was formerly the Pac-12, really tough places to play. And they're tough teams to play, like at home as well. And like you said, Washington has won a bunch of close games. I do think they're the second-best team in the conference next to Oregon. And I know they beat Oregon, but I think if they play that game again on a neutral or in Eugene, then I think the Ducks win that game probably by a full touchdown. And I love Michael Penix. I love Kalen DeBoer. They're a really good football team. And now all of a sudden they have a run game too. But, you know, defensively they do give up big chunk plays. And I think that Oregon State will be able to hit him with some here in this game. DJ U's had a pretty solid season. I don't really want to rely on him in this game. They're going to have to run the ball. and They have some good backs, you know, Damian Martinez. So I think they might be able to beat him up in the trenches a little bit, Washington, in this game. And like you said, Washington's just been tested. They're getting everybody's best shot every single week. And Michael Penick, since that Oregon game, hasn't been as crisp. Now, like last week, the numbers were much better. Mm-hmm. But before that, the two games before that, three interceptions and barely completing 60% of his passes – I don't know how healthy he is. He took some big shots in the Oregon game. I mean, and then the defense, look at, or, look at um, Washington's defense. A couple of weeks ago, they struggled to get stops against Stanford. And yeah. That's not like Andrew Luck and Kobe Fleener out there, man. That's a really bad Stanford team. So I love Oregon State, and there's just something about some of these places, man. That's what we love about college football, like the atmosphere, tough place to play. It's not the same in the NFL. I actually went back and looked at this like the last decade. Home field, home field advantage in the NFL – means less every single year means a lot to the point spread three points always, but it just doesn't really matter. I mean, there are tough places to play. Don't get me wrong. Like Seattle and Pittsburgh, Green Bay used to be, but even, you know, like we make the cases for some of these places, you don't want to go into Lambeau in January. And then every year in January, a team like San Francisco, a West coast team goes into Lambeau and kicks the crap out of the Packers. So In college, I think home field advantage means much more. And
0: I don't know if you caught this from the college football playoff committee uh, unveiling the rankings yesterday, but uh, there was Boo Kerrigan said that, you know, Florida State gets a little bit of a pass for playing Miami in a close game because it was a rivalry game. Rivalry week is really in earnest next week where we have a a whole heck of a lot of rivalry games. How do you look at rivalry games? Because they, you do get a little bit of extra oomph towards it and from the betting
2: perspective of rivalry game. You do. And that's yeah. why, like, I mean, you run numbers, and you, people have models, and people do the eye tests, Like, ooh, my number's telling me, you know, that I like Florida in this game. But even though the number's saying that, I've seen this team play, and I've seen Graham Murph play, and he's no good. <laughs> but, like, with some of these, you know, you just, it, it's, it's all about, like, the eye test. But it's also, I mean, with, like, a rivalry game, you could kind of throw everything out of the window and I, and I know like I come into and I've had arguments with people on this like oh uh, you know that's just, that's just a narrative that doesn't mean anything like it doesn't mean anything like people will even argue that about home field advantage but in rivalry games man i mean like you kind of throw everything out of the window and you're going to get It's For the bad team, usually, like the the team that's a double-digit dog, maybe, or a team that's having a down season, Mm -hmm. it's their Super Bowl. You know, a lot of times they have nothing left to play for. Maybe they're playing for a bowl game, but they're not going to be playing on a New Year's Eve 6 game. So that's their their whole Super Bowl. So the trick plays come into play. You know what I mean? Like a lot of the guys in these rivalry games know each other. Um, Probably were going against each other in high school and grade school. So I believe there is something to it. And I've had pretty good success. You know what I mean? Like yeah. in, the, in, the, in the cocktail party, like I'll take Georgia. This year, terrible idea. <laughs> Betting against Georgia ever is just a bad idea with Florida, especially. But yeah, I do think there's something to it.
0: All right. And my, uh, my last one before we let you go. <clears throat> Iowa has not hit an over since Cade McNamara yeah. got hurt. September 30th. The over-under for this one is 30 and a half. They take on Illinois.
2: Do they hit an over? No, and I, you know what, like, it's sad. I've bet two (laughs) Iowa overs since Cade's been hurt, and neither have hit. And I should just do the smart thing and just play the unders in these games, but I'm a sicko. And I just, what I always think is, man, 30 points, 32 points. (laughs) And and in the back of my head, I think it's Iowa's defense, which now, man, though, um, I had to make sure that this is correct because I've just been, like, all around today. But I was scrolling on Twitter, and I see maybe uh, Cooper DeGene got hurt. Broke his foot at practice. he's their like all stud corner. They should actually be playing him on offense. He also returns punts as well. And if he's out in this game, man, maybe maybe we do get an over because he's their best defensive player. but it, I always think like the reportedly I out the rest of the year. Oh wow, well, yeah, rest the year. That hurts, and uh, damn, that really sucks because I enjoy watching him play too. But man, I mean, um, I always try to make the case for short fields, pick sixes scooping scores Mm because of the Iowa defense, but no, like they're a really good defense on paper, but they don't get any takeaways. And when they do, they don't score. And even if they get a takeaway, right. And they're in the red zone, they're on the 10 yard line. They can't punch it in on the goal line. They're the most frustrating team, which is why um, they're going to be looking for a new OC this offseason, obviously. Obviously.
0: All right, Horvat, we appreciate the time as always. Thank you. Thanks, guys. All right, there he is. Ryan Horvat. He is the host of BetMGM Tonight. All of our insider calls brought to you by BetMGM. Go check out all the latest lines today on the BetMGM app. Also, uh, check out um BetMGM tonight uh wherever you get your podcast. Good stuff from Horvat. Uh we I've been riding with Horvat, and look, the pick du jour this week, he likes Balmore. Three and a half. Yeah. Over Cincinnati. Thursday night.
4: I did see what was the, the, uh, the stat I saw earlier. Uh, the Bengals with Joe Burrow at quarterback in night games. Uh, straight up, though, not against the spread. Straight up on the road, 0-5 at home, 5-0.
0: hey That's a good little nugget there. All right, let's get to our worst day on the web. Choke him out, bro! Next on The Fan. It's time for today's worst day on the web. With Danny and Dusty on Odyssey and 1080 The Fan.
3: Well, that sucks. All
0: right, it is now time for our worst day on the web, and for that, we head to the hardwood.
1: We'll stay 0 0 the first two minutes. And then, look, look at time time point point what point. is going on with that? Wow. Yeah, you've got a full on fracas going on. Draymond came in to defend Clay. This, this got out of hand very quickly. Look at look at Clay Thompson's jersey; it's ripped up. Clay's boxing him out. Puts his hand on his jersey. Jade McDaniel's puts his hand on his jersey. Now they're swinging each other around. Gobert
2: gets in there. Draymond's got him in a headlock.
0: Hey hey hey! We got a fight, baby! And that headlock at the end is probably the most interesting part about all this. Yeah. Uh, if you missed it last night, Warriors Timberwolves got into a little fracas. Um, on the hardwood and it started with, and I don't feel like people are giving Clay Thompson enough, uh, of the, 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 enough credit
4: for starting this.
0: Yeah. The, what have you for being a little sensey B because he really was, (laughs) I mean, (laughs) he started the, and like he slaps, uh, the defender, I don't even know who it was, um, from the Timberwolves and then out of like nowhere, like Rudy Gobert, who's French, uh, Probably went up to like diffuse every everything and be yeah, like he was
4: trying to break things up.
0: No, 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 no. Uh, Jimmy Suka, S- Superfly Snuka, Superfly Snooka off the top rope, aka Draymond Green, comes in with a rear naked chokehold, and he just locks up Rudy. And at that point, I'm like, yeah, let's go. We're it's on now. Yeah. Draymond Green is a villain. People are asking for him to get suspended. They're think- going all Shooter McGavin, kick him off the tour. It is like he did the worst thing possible in what was, I thought, a non-issue fight. He goes up and he chokes him out. But here's the problem, Draymond, who <laughs> if we know somebody who loves to play the victim card, it's, it's Draymond, it's Draymond. Yeah. Like He's going to be like, how oh, am I in the wrong? I will say this. If there's ever a fight and one of your boys is in it, Right. Yeah. And you see somebody that is 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 not on your side, and you know he's not on your side. I will not. I will not be mad at Draymond Green for going and, and getting his guy. He's protecting Clay at uh, Clay being a sensey sensey B. Yeah. Okay. Starts this whole thing. I don't mind Draymond going in and uh in in, in get, removing Rudy Gobert. Did he hold on for too long? Yes, absolutely. If I'm Rudy I Gobert,
4: clocked it. It was right about seven seconds. Yeah, of him in that headlock. Yeah, just get him out of there. And you see the stills, and you can see the look on Gobert's face too. Like he is—he looks terrified. Do
0: you want to know why I think he held on for longer? Is because because he's the, Draymond, and it was Rudy Gobert. Well, there's that. But I have a feeling, like, because I, if I'm Rudy Gobert, I'm like, guys, where were you? <laughs> Yeah. Like what? Well, and I have a like. I'm taking issue with like the Timberwolves are
4: seeing their their buddy get choked out, and they're not doing anything about it. Cat, it looked like was about the only one that came to try to do anything.
0: And that is why I think uh, Draymond held on for so long. Yeah,
4: and is also because
0: he he felt somebody come at him at first, and then I think he was just waddling out of there. Yeah. Until he got to safety, that was his first rodeo.
4: No, yeah, somebody made that note on on Twitter that said, "Watch when when Cat comes up and tries to put him our his arm around his neck. He ducks his chin. It's like he's he's done this before.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was an unfriendly going in there. Yeah. You don't know what Rudy Gobert is trying to do in the heat of the moment. You go and you try to remove everybody. Let the officials break that whole thing up. And so I like they're. They're villainizing Draymond Green because now, Draymond he's a villain. Himself. Yes. Yes. Dray- they're villainizing him because he's a villain. See, I he's disagree. Nobody's villainizing him.
4: He he's, has he has earned every bit of this. He's hit people,
0: all of this stuff. And I think like, there is a lengthy suspension coming because gotta of his It's got to be at his least history. double digits, right? Because of his, his previous history yes. of, of doing crap. And I think the league has already come and out and said
4: that they will take his history into account. But...
0: I don't think that this was as cheap and dirty as most of the things that Draymond has done. He saw Fracas. He saw somebody in a different color jersey coming up behind his guy. He removed him. I have more of an issue. See, the thing Timberwolves, is do your job. That's
4: Protect kind of your a, bro too. That's kind of a high bar to hurdle, though, as you know, comparing it to some of his other past super dirty acts. That's right. So that's you know, right. I'm not sure that. Yeah.
0: I just think he is so. Like, he is so unlikable. Oh, yeah. <sighs> but you'd love him on your team.
4: Boy, I don't I know. I think you
0: would. Boy, I, I don't know. I think you would. The mental gymnastics that this
4: Portland Trailblazers fan base has done. I mean, I did it for Danny Ainge when he, when he came here, but Danny Ainge wasn't quite Draymond Green. There have been, like, there there
0: are people that are not great at basketball that Blazer fans are like, how dare you? <laughs> there have been bad people that have played.
4: Yes, yeah.
0: <laughs> and they've been like, he's ours. Draymond, if you have the success, like Warriors fans are going to be insufferable yeah. in their defense of Draymond Green. Because guess what? They've won a whole heck of a lot of basketball games with him.
4: Well, see, I get the, it. The thing is, Draymond would not be so highly revered as he is if he were drafted by anybody else. I don't think no. he makes a difference on any other team that he made on that team. But he and did, man. people would be a lot less willing to put up with his ass if he were drafted by a different team. Yeah. 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 That's my opinion.
0: Oh, uh, man. Rudy Gobert. Uh, did Rudy Gobert get hurt in this? Not that I've seen. Did he actually choke him out?
4: Nope. Okay.
0: I mean, Somebody I think didn't... he was removing him from the situation, that doesn't mean that Draymond Green is in the right. Right.
4: But I don't, like... I think it was Gobert that pointed out, yeah. too, that Draymond seems to like to get himself taken out of games that Steph isn't playing in. Yeah, he does. Uh, I think I heard it on Colin this morning. Colin, Colin. Uh, there have been 73 or 74 games, which sounds low, in which Draymond has played that Steph hasn't, and he's been ejected seven times. He's been ejected f- four times the rest of his career.
0: <laughs> wow. Yeah. I think we're there. <laughs> Maybe, maybe uh, Steph Curry is his pacifier. Yeah, see, there we go. It calms him down. It's his booby. Yeah, it's a it's webby. It yeah. woosaws him. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's go to the NFL. Uh, we got some news and notes from around the NFL. That uh, one thing is sticking out to me, and I just think it, this is wild. What is being said and potentially done in one NFL team? Danny Dusty on the fan.